podcast from Two and Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. Brisk B. What makes you feel active? Brisk B brings together people who have equipment, kit, gadgets and knowledge, and people who wish to do something new, find themselves surprisingly in a situation where they can partake in a passion, or who are looking for a real-life sporting, athletic or spiritual experience. Brisk B does all of this and at the same time is good for the environment based on the sharing economy principle of making use of products that have already been manufactured and making sure these are not wasted or left to gather dust in a corner somewhere. It helps people benefit from the expense and it brings people together too. It's such a great concept and it's so very, very simple. Here today I speak with Ale, uh, one of the founders of Briskby, um, and it's great to hear his thoughts on how the company is developing and also some other social topics too. Thank you very much, Ale, for coming back and talking with me. I know how busy you are. Uh, man, I'm so happy to have you back for a start because um, this is like uh, take 15 um, because it's uh, <laughs> it's impossible to get you. Uh, You've been so, a coaster lately. Oh, man, I tell you, yeah. But And also, judging by the look of your knee, you fell off a roller coaster. But anyway, um, <laughs> how are you? uh needs aside uh all good you're all great uh we're back to malta and thanks for having me again uh zach i'm sorry because like it took a while to get hold of me but i've been traveling i've been like you know kids uh being sick here and there you know how it's like nowadays especially like you know pre post after during covid we know pre have no idea where we're at with mm. that now but uh yeah you're still hanging in there uh, well, absolutely. I mean, please take this as a compliment um, that, you know, even after all of these mini disappointments, uh, I, I, I have persisted and here you are. And um, yeah, that's the key thing is that we get a chance to talk. So, um, yeah, for the right. rest, it's just a part of the journey. Right. That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. We need to welcome whatever uh, we uh, we have. We've been offered, so to speak. So we need to deal with that. <laughs> absolutely. It? Yeah, no, no, clearly. And um, I mean, as you know, I follow you on um, the, the social, social media platforms that I, at least I am um, present upon. Um, and yeah, how is Brisk be developing? How's, uh, where, where are you guys at now? It's uh, it's doing great, man. I mean, we are uh, enjoying the, the, the journey. Uh, together with my colleagues, my co-founder. Um, of course, it's a startup, so we all know what it takes to, you know, develop something that conceptual to something that is factual. So bringing it to reality, it's it's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we are uh, speaking to a different plethora of um, of I would say investors, uh, customers, clients, and dealing with all these. Uh, at the same time, during sometimes uh, twice a day, it's it's like you know, 
it's mind blowing how we can <laughs> and we have to adapt uh, quickly to uh, you know different type of audiences. But it's great. It's doing great. We're having loads of fun and we're learning. Um, it's learning. Um, it's a steep learning curve, and we are welcoming that too. Although it's um, um, even that, it's like it's adapting uh, constantly on a daily basis, um, and not just different audience, but even even to to knowledge. Actually, you need to uh, be ready to <clears throat> adapt and shift your knowledge to uh, different fields and bringing it to different grounds. So it's um, yeah, I love it. I really love the journey. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's very, very hard. And you, and, and, but yeah, we are enjoying the journey. Mm. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those people who are listening now and who haven't uh, heard the first uh, podcast that we had, do you want to like quickly do a little intro? I mean, you must have done so many little <laughs> intros for Briskly recently, but uh, yeah. Um. Yes, well, um, I am, um, my name is Alessandro. I, I currently live in Malta. Uh, life brought me here after a quite a long journey uh, from, from Belgium to Italy to Southeast Asia, back to Italy and now in Malta. Um, so I'm currently based here and during COVID together with a a friend of mine, ex-colleague of mine, uh, Federico, we decided to start this project in order to uh, sort of help people find, um, you know, um, different ways to access a diverse experience when it comes to fitness and action sports, more convenient, more um, safer and, um, you know, um, just simply diverse. Um so basically, we um, sort of reached out to different stakeholders, uh, got many interviews in, uh, different surveys, and eventually we decided to launch this prototype that uh, was called Fitness Hire back then. But eventually, we rebranded the project into Brisbee, uh, which is what you find now uh, on the internet. Um, I think it's it's a project where we basically, uh, in short, it's a marketplace for people to rent uh, out their idle gear or equipment, uh, fitness and action sports, uh, not just limited to individuals, but also to local businesses uh, who seldom have like, you know, uh, surplus uh, equipment uh, store somewhere in their store premises or storeroom. And so we allow them to basically make some money or, recover actually some money from uh you know the drop down uh, caused by covid-19 um to basically uh, create a new stream of revenues um by simply renting out uh, surplus or idle gear and equipment um there uh, we eventually moved on to experiences which is something that it's um, we launched a couple of months ago less than 2 months ago and we are experiencing a spiking you know in the number of vendors who are willing to create their fitness well-being or action sports experience so we basically have like you know uh climbing instructors uh sailing instructors yoga teachers and so on it's it's great uh seeing these from like you know a tiny 
idea uh, going through market research, prototypes, A-B testing, and now finally you see it's really tangible. It's there and it's been used. It's uh, really, uh, it's, um, um, it fits the purpose actually. Uh, our purpose is actually to give people, you know, a chance to, you know, move um, a second hand gear around uh, without having to uh, fill our landfills. Um, so it's even good for the environment, uh, which is something that it's uh, really, really um, important for all of us, especially nowadays. So, yeah, it's great. It's great. It feels great. But the road is so long that I can't see the end. I don't want to probably see the end. I'm enjoying the journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, I mean, thinking about some of the stuff that the experiences angle is great. Um, that's a great concept as well. Um, and yeah. You know, you're a facilitating organization, so you you kind of enhance the opportunities for people who have developed skills as trainers and coaches and instructors um, to share that stuff through your platform as well. Um, and it, it seems as though this is something which is viable, not only in the summer months, um, but it's also viable any time of the year because you just simply have to switch the, the direction or the venue and you can continue sharing these experiences with people. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's correct. It's not season related uh, or limited. It's actually something that, uh, first of all, it's global. So we have a global footprint. It's not limited to Malta. Yes, at this point in time, probably we have more supply in Malta because I'm here and people, they see my face. <laughs> so they... They say, hey, this is not that, uh, you know, abstract. Uh, I'm not an NFT. Uh, I'm actually a, a real person. Mm. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, the project is actually um, uh, present on, on global places. We have instructors and uh, vendors, so to speak, uh, from Australia to uh, Japan and the Philippines, Mexico, U.S. So it's it's gone beyond uh, the the region specific where uh, we were actually addressing or proposing the, the project. So that's that's great. Uh, so definitely it's beyond the season. Um, first of all, because we have global reasons, so we have different seasons. Mm. And secondly, because um, you have different type of sports that you can practice throughout the year. Uh, so, um, yes, you can, you know, kayak in summer and climb in winter uh, or, or different type of fitness activities or well-being. Um, so it's always a good time to stay active and do something good for the planet as well whilst you stay active. Mm, yeah, I mean, and this is, you've said this a couple of times, and this, you know, sort of falls back to the uh, the sharing economy concept, um, which is basically, it's a sports sharing economy platform uh, and well-being, um, as you say. Some of the articles that I've seen um, that you've put up really highlight this, um, and especially from um, the COVID perspective. So lots of people have purchased sporting items which were maybe um yeah compulsive purchases which they don't really use and so therefore they're like okay shit what am i gonna do with this I, you know i've never used it in my life and now you've you've given you know that product uh, a sort of second wind isn't it because you know if you don't use those rollerblades stick it on briskby somebody else will use them and you'll benefit from them too right absolutely it's a win-win uh, 100%. The sharing economy is like a, 
it's good for the planet and it's good for your pockets as well. But it's also good for other people not to commit to a purchase that they might even change their minds whilst like using it and try something different. So it's just win, 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 so to speak. Mm. Uh, so yeah. three ways, three ways win. So I definitely see the positive of sharing economy. There's no, there's no downside. Um, well, there were many reports actually coming out throughout uh, during COVID, especially during the peak of you know the pandemic. Um, they were saying that sharing economy was suffering during COVID, and that made sense for businesses such as Uber or Airbnb, where you know physical contact was part of their business. Like, you know, if you jump on a taxi or if you are going into someone else's house, uh, you are definitely in contact with someone. So especially during that time, probably was there were, you know, um, data points saying, hey, is sharing economy in trouble? It's it won't be and it's not. And actually, finally, that we are sort of getting out from that um, I would say hysterical pandemic, and now we are going towards like probably a medical condition, which is normal somehow. We are uh, seeing that uh, sharing economy is still very much alive, and the opportunity is even more uh, there. Um, so uh, yes, it's uh, this need for that. This need, I would actually say. Is as far as there's not enough sharing economy. There should be more uh, in many industries, like from foods, um, food waste, for instance, to you know uh, food delivery. Yes, that's that's great. And others, like you know, there should be more um, value in the sharing economy. I see that people are um, being uh, participating more and more into sharing economy. So this is something that I am definitely expecting to grow not just from a business perspective, but also for ethos uh, perspective. I'm Mm. I'm really uh, hoping that this is going to be like, you know, something that uh, is going to impact our lives more and more in the future. Mm. I mean, they they do kind of say that social change requires like a generation, another 20 years, 25 years. But, you know, what it seems we've seen from uh, the COVID period is a substantial acceleration so some changes haven't required a generation necessity have basically developed these changes automatically so that's why we've got lots of people are capable of now of using video conferences without you know screwing up and uh, forgetting that the webcam is on and going to the toilet even though that happened a bit at the beginning um but then you've also got people who in the past would have said yeah i'm never going to rent somebody else's skating shoes and now they think one minute that's a great idea um, or renting out their own equipment um, is no longer like a random concept. It's because yeah, I don't have time to use it during the day, so you know, why not let somebody else use it? Um, and also with Briskby, there's the uh, the sort of guarantee that you provide with the the insurance, which is tied in. Um, and it's fantastic. So there's definitely this sort of yeah, the change, the the psychological change, which has been yeah, I suppose a natural consequence of what we've experienced the last two years it is both probably uh, was like you know a generation thing that pushed like you know the so-called rental generation um and and covid definitely you know uh, you know digital adoption of different uh, from different 
streams of or arrays of of needs for instance like you know as you said like you know social conferencing for instance uh, it's one of those uh, it's been pushed to adoption which is great uh but on the other hand i'm saying that uh, it's the need was already there i mean like uh, um yeah sharing economy or rental generation it's something that uh, probably my generation didn't fully understand until it really was there and um so i wouldn't say as far as generation z is gonna you know change uh or uh, uh change the way we use things because it was already there and they will just like you know sit on something that it's obviously good for them um and not necessarily pushed by you know uh the the previous or what it was like you know the world as we knew it before it's just simply different and naturally adopted by new generations. Mm. Um, yeah, that's how I see it. Do you think there's a chance then also that manufacturers will understand this and go back to the increased quality of the 50s and 60s um, when when they made stuff to last, whereas since the 80s and 90s, they make stuff to last until the guarantee finishes and then you've got to take your ass to the shops to buy another one. So, you know, do you think it's possible that we can consider the longer lasting, better quality products uh, to start being manufactured as well? Well, we hope actually that rental generation will push eventually manufacturers to build more quality, to uh, basically rely more on the quality rather than quantity. Um, how many times you and I, we are from the same generation and now we are buying a car and we say, all oh, these electronics, oh, God damn it. It's like, you know, uh, it's going to screw up my car. And when it was manual, actually, yeah, it was manual. We knew how to fix it and we probably knew that it would have broken. So uh, it's it's a mix of things, you know, that we need to look upon. And one is definitely quality. And the other one is quantity because of scarcity of resources. So it's fundamental that we use less and we use better, uh, you know, um, whatever assets that we are purchasing in in for our needs it needs to be looked upon as like you no know, long lasting equipment or um even if it's a fridge as to last longer than it's being conceived for you know and so um yeah definitely it's it's a direction and i i'm sure also inflation is going to impact on like you know uh, the the purchase style of um, consumers so mm. they even consumers are going to uh, drive this adoption more and more towards quality rather than quantity so we are in the midst of like you know this this uh, uh, sort of needs coming from consumers uh, which is renting rather than like you know still buying um, so i'm buying when i'm sure that this is going to last and this is for me rather than like I'm buying because of like, you know, this craze of having to buy at any cost. As you said, during COVID, there was like this huge trend of people like, you know, running to the store and buying fitness equipment, for instance, because we're stuck at home. So we had to, you know, train at any cost because like, you know, we were reading uh, on our digital mag that it was like the new trend was like to train uh, on, on YouTube. That's great. I mean, nothing against that, but people were like going absolutely 
crazy to buy things that eventually they just like store away and they're forgot about that. So um, what was it? BBC said that uh, almost 63% of British uh, citizens, they sort of regret the, the, the purchase they did during pandemic because like, yeah, it was absolutely the momentum of like, you know, buying that or like uh, sweets, you know, indulgence, uh, mm. like in, in food was like, you know, uh, everything was like the trend was like, you know, healthy snacking, for instance, and eventually got into like, you know, indulgence snacking again. So plenty of sugar and so on. So uh, we need to really separate what is the craze of the moment, the trend of the moment, which was pushed by a trend or was pushed by a necessity. Uh, and so, yes, definitely what you said is something that uh, uh, we are really looking uh, being a player in the sharing economy industry as something that uh, will definitely impact not our business, but what's on top of us. So manufacturing and, and the industry, um, they, they have to adapt to social challenges and needs. Mm, yeah. And also a part of this, this sort of emergence, I mean... Uh, I still see people who are rather untrusting in many ways that the um, the pandemic is over. Um, so um, for some people, the pandemic was over before it began, of course, because they didn't they didn't follow any of the uh, guidance anyway. But um, the the experience side of things suggests like groups um, and yeah how is how, so you said this is like a huge growth area you can see it's really boom shooting up um so people really want to mingle people really have this passion to get together with others like-minded people who have a, uh, have common interests and to share these experiences not just the economy but the experience yeah i think we we learned something from covid whether you are like you know uh seeing COVID as uh, as like, you know, something that been artificially created or if you see it uh, as a, as a you know, a real thing that happened. Um, however, you see that we understood that um, social gathering is so important, so valuable um, and it does really impact our lives. I mean, I'm a strong believer, probably has been like, you know, coming from a, a, a different generation than the, the current one. Uh, but um, we do believe that uh, experience, sharing experiences, it's uh, fundamental for us to grow as individuals uh, and as a social and as a community. Uh, so um, it's not just like, you know, something that it's been pushed by the isolation caused by COVID. It is something that it's it's always been there uh, in different ways and forms. So it, yeah, it's for like-minded people, but also for people who are just like you know wanting to experience something new and different. And we allow them to discover their true selves somehow. Yeah. it's a bit like giving people um, a, a, an open doorway into a dream, um, a, an opportunity to sort of discover that world a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely. They need to participate uh, and it's key to, you know, uh, personal growth. So, um, I mean, it's great if we share our stories and experiences through social media. 
Uh, we are definitely a digital into a digital economy, but we want people to get out there on their feet, get on the move, being active mentally and spiritually. And it's, uh, it's, it's, there's no way you can do it by sitting in front of a screen uh, on a daily basis and purchasing equipments that you're going to leave in store. Absolutely. And what's really funky is that you automatically move us on to the next point because um, I've got on my sheet work-life balance. Um, and that's basically kind of what you're referring to here. So you facilitate other people to more easily establish a balance in their lives. You you create the opportunity for them to do this without a huge expenditure at the beginning. Um, yeah, how do you feel about that? It's the whole purpose uh, of uh, Brisby when it was born. Uh, the idea is actually to give people um, um, an, a different way to access uh, active lifestyle. And it's, uh, it's important for us. Uh, as I said, it's, um, it's relevant that people are uh, sort of waking up. COVID was, was a shake to, to the world in terms of well-being and, and health. Um, and not just from a medical perspective, I'm saying for people being stuck at home and just like, you know, uh, not doing much and giving up on like, you know, a healthy balance, healthy lifestyle. Also, you know, the stress that being caused by, you know, sticking up all together in the family, especially when you have like, you know, kids jumping around the whole day. It, it, it is hard. It is hard. So it is now time to get out there and, you know, get on the move. Um, and release toxins and and uh, yes and sharing experiences. It's fundamental, fundamental. I couldn't stress more on this. It's fundamental. Mm. Um, you know it personally, right? Because you <laughs> you guys work <laughs> crazy hard as well. You've got kids, um, and yeah, obviously as parents, um, you need a certain amount of patience. You need a certain amount of understanding and energy. Um, and also time for each other, uh, but on top of that, time for yourselves. So, um, yeah, I mean, you showed me your injury, so therefore it's quite clear that you're out there as well, trying to participate. Um, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's never-ending. It's absolutely, it's like a hamster. Uh, it's like, feels like being a hamster, because uh, uh, you basically, like, you know, especially during COVID, and these remote work type of uh, uh, professional life that we are into now, um, it basically um, leaves you, uh, you know, behind the screen most of the time, um, probably dropping your um, balance, your life balance. And it's important that we sort of like, you know, stand up and get out there and experience, uh, you know, um, being active uh, somehow. As I was telling you, having kids around, having a startup, hadn't been easy. Hadn't been easy at all. It's uh, and actually during COVID, I had uh, my second daughter was born. So it's um, been uh, like you know a beautiful time, but at the same time super challenging. Um, you know, uh, fitting in schedule uh, with like you know calls with clients and a startup that is like taking off to build and so on. It's been absolutely crazy, and so it's it's important that we sometimes we get some time for ourselves and listen to a great podcast like yours or others, 
and uh, sort of rebalance spiritually, mentally, and physically. Uh, we really need to strike a balance between the, these three uh, components. We are not made of just, you know, flesh and blood, but there's a soul, there's a mind that we need to nurture. So we need to find our ways, whatever you like it, but we need to find it. Otherwise, we drown. And that's that's very much true. We drown in, you know, the psychological effects, side downsides of uh, this sort of isolation or uh, lockdown being dramatic. Um, you know, uh, my wife, she's a um, she's in the psychology field, so uh, I know uh, for a fact that you know, um, if you don't find a balance for yourself, you can't just like you know aim at balancing the family, you know, lifestyle. So, uh, yes, you need to look upon yourself uh, in terms of well-being, uh, mentally, physically and psychologically. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's it's curious because when I was growing up, the, the term startup never really existed, um, whereas companies had to start somewhere as in the startups have always existed uh, this entrepreneurial spirit has always existed maybe it just didn't have the same level of terminology and uh, government support that perhaps you, you can find now not just governments but also in investment um, funds and so on um, i have a few other friends who don't have their own startups necessarily but they work at startups and it's it's such a lot of work. I mean, we talked about this a little bit the last time as well. Um, and, and you also mentioned how it's possible for you to be able to you know, have those balances and find the balances because each person has you know, their own way of finding a balance. Um, you know, we don't all do the same things. Um, but isn't it also simply a part of the decision making process that you have to decide, no, today I have to do this because I haven't done it enough as in can you do you have that kind of discipline to be able to say I have to do this there's no choice I wish I I wish I had more put it this way I always get up in the morning saying hey uh today do not let's not forget to you know cut half an hour for yourself whether it's like meditation whether it's like you know a jog down the street or uh whatever it makes you feel good with yourself just take that half an hour i know it sounds like absolutely bizarre and you like you know here listen to this like you know great podcast um and it's always like you know uh kind of nice and shiny but it's not always possible especially when you have kids around needs around or people who need your help um talking about parents for instance um so it's unfortunately that half an hour which is fundamental for yourself it's not always possible so yes i would like to uh stick to that sort of uh, discipline but it's not always possible so you have to accept that that sometimes you're gonna skip it and sometimes you're not gonna be good with yourself and you need to be indulgent with that idea um so um, I've come to terms <laughs> with that, you know, and uh, yeah, and and I know that um, um, that I can like you know jot down the perfect schedule for on on, on a daily basis. So I need to allow that um, um, 
you know, uh, if it was a monopoly, they, uh, they are foreseen, you know, I need to allow that. I need to allow that to happen because it will happen anyway, regardless of how controlled, how much in control I am with my shadow. So, uh, yes, that's number one. And that happened to our scheduled uh, podcast, as you know. So I'm, I'm actually the living response to that. I, I, I didn't want to be critical. That wasn't my. <laughs> that, that's not the direction I was going. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is something that I need to allow. You know that um, uh, unpredictable um, uh, issue to um, uh, rise up uh, on a on a daily basis. And the other the other thing is that um, yeah, startup. It's something that um, if you look back, I mean any company is a startup any company is a scale-up and so uh startup was coined i think by the silicon valley in the early 2000 late 99 i suppose late, late 90s to basically define this tech world and tech startups which now probably it's it's not just tech as we know it, and it's probably a little bit more, but it, there's always a tech something. So whether it's fintech, medtech, health tech, and, and so on, so on. So as long as you attach this tech to something, probably you are more in the definition of a startup. Now, um, however you call it, starting a company, it's a long journey, it's long shot, it's very lengthy, hard, and takes loads of commitment beyond what you initially uh, committed for. Um, So it's also like marrying to an idea. Uh, How long can you stay married to that idea? Uh, You need to, you know, you need to be very solid uh, within yourself, within your initial plan and say whether like, you know, after three to five years, that's still feasible and we achieve what we needed to achieve. And then you have to make uh, the hard decision whether to drop it or continue. Now, the hard decision to continue, it's clearly not hard because you have achieved the results that you were expecting or exceeded them. But if you don't, then you have to sort of let it go. And it's very hard. I was reading a book of this great mountaineer guy who said he's probably one of the m- most known uh, mountaineer. Um, and he basically said that uh, the hardest part of the climb, it's not actually to climb the mountain itself. It's actually not to let it go of the summit when you can't climb it because the risks are too high, the stake too, you know, uh, to lose your life is so high that it's not worth. And even though it took eight days to get up there and you're just like, you know, a hundred feet away from the summit, you have to be ready to let it go. And it's the hardest decision of your life because you are in full adrenaline, full pain all over your body, but you need to let it go. And that is the highest and probably the most valuable thought or knowledge that you have to keep within yourself if after you know a certain amount of time you don't get to those results or you don't see things align enough to you know to continue so yeah mm. yeah there's so so many sort of principles from sport and um, other kind of uh, endeavors which we can really bring into the business world you know um 
when you don't, for example, succeed in an undertaking, that doesn't mean it was a failure, you know, because you've learned something there. You've established a, a method uh, which you can then use for future exercises. Um, but then also there, I mean, you know, the example of the mountain climber, if you if you are running a project as a company and this project is very um, time intensive and you've invested a lot of money in it, but at some point you realize that, uh, the circumstances have now changed. That project is no longer viable for your company. Don't keep doing it just because you've done it all this time. Save yourself, refocus, and then redirect your efforts so that you do something which is perhaps more beneficial for the company where it is today and not where it, when you started your project maybe five or six years ago. Um, I mean, so many times when I talk with people who work for these large established companies, um, because startups are a bit more dynamic and flexible. Um, but these larger, more established companies, they have like 10 year projects. And, and then when you ask people, you know, why are you still working on this project? They're like, I don't know. Mm. You know but yeah. it's, it's just what we, it's, that's my job now. You know, mm. it's, not, it's no longer, um, you know, part of a project. That is the job. Um, and, and I think perhaps sometimes we become too comfortable in that and this is also why i really like the adventurous element of what you're doing um because you're always being tested on a, on a sort of daily basis um yes and, and you're being questioned um am i doing this the right way um i, I think that's just a great yeah it's just it's just great yeah, it's actually part of um, that um, uh, very uh, initial idea that I share with you in this podcast was like, uh, how much are you enjoying the journey rather than the goal? Uh, they are two very, very two different things. And when I'm when I'm into my startup and I I I deal with different investors, um, sometimes I've been asked what's the actual strategy. Of course, it's important. Don't get me wrong, especially from the investor's eyes to understand where and what is your goal but sometimes that question is it's actually sort of out of context because it's the journey the kind of extra strategy you know what i mean and i know it's hard to you know make a difference between you as a person and you as the founder or ceo of a company so you need to provide those answers and that's fair enough but sometimes there's a sort of disconnection here and I would like that to be more aligned um, because sometimes I hear, hey, we invest in you as the founder and you and your team, which is more relevant and more important for us. But that's not really true because there's always, of course, the, 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 the eye, the very keen eye on the actual strategy. So how true is that that you are investing in me or my uh, team because we are eventually, uh, you know, undertaking a journey, a very long, difficult, hard journey, which is made of like daily commitment, renewal of commitment versus the access strategy. So sometimes there's like, you know, I feel there's a disconnection here. And I would love to hear more about other entrepreneurs, especially in this space, because, you know, the journey may lead on to failure. Hence, the, the access strategy is, is not achievable anymore. But yeah when when you have investors of course there are like you know some type of uh, answers that you have to be absolutely crystal clear although crystal clear as well it's that's that it's a you know uh, it's a very questionable uh, answer 
to provide. That is going to be my actual strategy in seven years. Mm. Really, you know. Yeah. No, no, I get that. And I mean, you also kind of, again, greatly introduced the next and final topic, which is basically about culture. Um, and culture is not only um, you know, defined by our individual um, background and, uh, you know, where we come from, you know, sort of ancestrally, but also the culture of business that we uh, sort of focus on um, and the, the culture that we like to build within our organizations. Um I could only imagine that a startup built by Alessandro has an expression of who Alessandro is. Um, how much of you have you managed to put into Briskby? How much of Briskby is you? And is it Federico? You said is your yeah partner? yeah. So how much of Briskby is the character that is or are Alessandro and Federico? That's a great question. I, I mean, uh, it is something that you shape, um, shape on. I mean, I mean, on a, as I said, on a daily basis, I'm recommitting, I'm renewing uh, the commitment, the initial commitments on a daily basis. But yes, there's an element at the at the beginning which you won't, um, uh, you won't deny, so to speak. You won't deny where you come from. You will not deny uh, what's relevant for you. Um, um, and and it, you 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 cannot overstep those you know profound beliefs that made what you are and made you build that project as well. It's a mix of like you know who you are and what you want to be within that uh, project. What do you want to? What is the purpose of this project uh, or this startup? And eventually, what is the purpose of your uh, of your own goal, personal achievements in life. Now, um, when I say that, uh, I'm not using, you know, big names quotes, but definitely there was one which I'm not naming because we all know who it is. Uh, but uh, it is do what you love. Do what you love is always something that, or do what inspires you most, I would say, because it's not always possible to do what you love, really and truly. I mean, like, it's a bit naive, in my opinion, to say, hey, do what you love regardless. Uh, hey, I need to feed my family first. That's it. That's reality. So let's not be like too, you know. But you still can find in whatever you do something that inspires you to do that better. Uh, and there's like, you know, a, a, a deep connection of what you're doing within yourself. If you find that, you can still kind of give the best of yourself in what you are doing. So having said that, um, there are things that we won't uh, accept naturally. And uh, and I could name a few, of course, which is like, uh, I cannot not accept uh, diversity within my working environment or within my circle of friends. Um, racism, for instance, it's something that I would could not live with, you know? And so naturally, when you build your friendships or your relationships, it's, it's the same as building a company. I would never uh, get to work with someone 
who's the best professional in that field, but has like, you know, culturally or different views than mine in that context, in that extent. So that would poison at least what I, what I, my, my strong beliefs would be. I found that in my career, it happens. And uh, even when I was supervised, it happens. And it is hard to, you know, find a compromise to keep on working with people that are coming from, um, I'm not saying walks of life because I love staying with people with different walks of life. And I do find my real self uh, within that uh, array. But when I find, you know, someone who's radically, you know, different uh, or thinks in such a different way, uh, especially when it comes to like, you know, big themes as uh, diversity and uh, racism and uh, acceptance, I just can't. And so, yeah, my whoever I am surrounded with, it's going to be the expression of that, uh, you know, um, openness. Otherwise, there's closure. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I, if, that's you, why, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. That's why I love you, Ali. Um, because, we, you know, these are these are principles to, to live by, to die for. Um, and Absolutely. Uh, there's no there's no compromise and I mean I, I think we've both learned this on our parts I mean you know there have been episodes in my life where I wish I was more vocal and um, where I'd mm. sort of stood up a bit more um, ne never again I, I'm never going to regret not standing up ever again you know when the opportunity arises and in many ways the the, the story you told me about um, when you visited Africa those all those years ago um, you know, it was one of those inspirational sort of learning blocks um, you know, for me too, um, it's knowing when to speak and, you know, and so on and how, um, and yeah, I, I can, yeah, I can see how, how that would be um, introduced in the way you work. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah, it's, it's easily so true that nowadays, especially now in our, uh, in our probably stage of, uh, where we at currently with our own life that you just wouldn't accept that anymore it's just not acceptable and it's not a social cue it's just like it's just not damn acceptable um i give you an example yesterday was like really this is this is happening just 24 hours ago so it's it's fresh and uh was sitting in this um uh workplace um it's a great place here in malta uh where i normally where I seldom go, um, just to have a break from like, you know, the craze of uh, the family work environment. So um, I was here, I was having a coffee and there was a, an Italian coffee maker there. And there were uh, these two guys working in the restaurants of this place, you know, two guys from Pakistan, I suppose. I have no idea. Anyway, we're like chatting and coffee and I said, hey, that's great. It's beautiful espresso. So I sat down there and started working and uh, suddenly a bunch of Italians came in. They were like, you know, probably from a gaming company. They were like, you know, very loud. As you know, uh, Italians are able to be quite, <laughs> quite loud. I may have experienced and this once or twice. Yeah, I guess so. And, uh, and nothing. I heard this like, you know, uh, comments coming from one of this guy. Um, I won't say where he was coming from, but he was Italian. He said, hey, this you know, 
addressing the the guy from Pakistan. He's not able to do a coffee because he's like, you know, it's... and I just like, you know, kind of, I, I couldn't, I couldn't swallow that. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm sure he's going to make a beautiful coffee. Have you tried it? And it was, we had a little, you know, argument. It was like, just kind of couldn't in 2022 accept or hear that silliness. I'm probably was like, not even, racist himself but he just came out that racist kind of comments and when they left i went to the to the to this guy and said i'm i'm really sorry i really apologize because i'm i'm italian as well i really apologize we are not just more like that and he said no no worries it was really humble and he said this is like you know i'm sure they were joking but you know what is the fine line between joke and the racism, you know, if we keep on accepting that as a joke, we actually accept what's happening even now. And like, you know, uh, who's real, you know, anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a big topic, but it is uh, what we stand for. And even in the, the values that you uh, bring in, in a company and the people that are working with you, they, they need to be part of that um, culturally and, and professionally. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Making and money, just like mm. revenues, it's just that the metric that we measure, isn't it just like more of a qualitative metrics rather than quantitative metric? Like, hey, that's a great work environment. Is there a metric for that? Like, okay, I would say uh, hiring uh, versus uh, quitting rate. For instance, that would be a great metric. But it's something more invisible out there, which is like, hey, I really, really enjoy the spirit of this company because it stands for these rights, regardless if it's a commercial company or an NGO. It's, it's very important, in my opinion. And I'm spoken somehow. Absolutely. Um, and, and the feeling that you get when you leave work, um, that you've either done something of importance um, or you've contributed to a group that you have uh, an emotional connection with. Um, and I, I think the best thing is when somebody actually leaves your organization because of whatever reason, but they leave crying because they've uh, truly appreciated the experience of having worked with you. They've, you know, they've learned something from you. You know, and every journey has many different stages anyway. As you just said at the beginning of our talk, how many stages has your journey had until now? Um, and the same is for, for me as well. So I would sincerely hope that the, the Italian boy who said that racist slur um, will reflect upon your words and we'll learn from it because that is blatantly racism. It's a very racist term. It's a very rude term. Um, and I, I empathize with the kids, uh, with those, those guys who, um, you know, who were there. And unfortunately, because they're in a service industry, they may feel they have to accept it. But no, you don't have to accept it. Um, th there's no reason why anybody should accept any kind of discrimination whether that's you know somebody who is racially treated because they're you know of whatever background that they have or if it's a woman as a waiting tables you know they should not be abused at all um and they should not have a fear of losing their job if they say something either um so i'm i i can only imagine that guy was so happy that you stuck up for him um because he probably felt he couldn't 
Yeah. yeah, it was the right thing to do. I mean, like, uh, I, hopefully, um, many uh, would have done the same. It was just actually a passing line. I just said, hey, I'm sure he's going to make a, a great coffee. Have you tried it? But in a way that uh, I, I was really trying to make him um, reflect upon what he said. What actually struck me the most is that this bunch of, like, they were like a bunch of, like, you know, eight, ten kids. Uh, kids as in, like, no, they were, like, you know, uh, in their 20s. But uh, they were laughing at that. And so that was kind of like, you know, the sad part of this was not really the comment, it was like the audience. And mm. we're like, hey, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it is sad, uh, especially in a, in a place which is really multicultural, uh, Malta. But there's always an underlying racism everywhere you go, isn't it? Mm. And... It's 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 something that uh, I don't know. Probably I've been, uh, you know, as you did, I've been living uh, abroad for most of my life. Never question who I was hanging out with in the sense of like, uh, uh, is it like from different race, ethnic, or whatever. I really just enjoy the presence and the and being in this different type of uh, cultural environments. That is so hard for me to see this happening. That's it's beyond my comprehension. You know, honestly, it's um, it's something really old-fashioned, and would be great to eradicate that once and for all. Mm. That's it, isn't it? Uh, that'd be a great dream. Um, yeah, maybe we could do a startup to eradicate racism. I don't know how that would work, but uh, that would be a fantastic undertaking. Um, Alec, thank you very much for your time, um, especially as I know how hard it is to make the time. Um, but yeah, it's great talking with you as always. Um, and I do look forward to you know, our next chat. Um, and I, yeah, I hope it won't be so challenging to organize it. <laughs> I'm looking forward for not having another lockdown anytime <laughs> soon. So yes. Definitely, yeah. Thank you, and I appreciate that you wanted to have me as a uh, as a guest here. Great, love talking to you as well. Two, two, and a mic.